0: My name is Christian Alexanderson, and this is Hemlocks to Hellbenders, a podcast highlighting Pennsylvania's parks, forests, and great outdoors. There's nothing I look forward to quite as much as fall. It's sweater weather. It's apple picking. It's campfires and s'mores. It's pumpkin spice lattes. And it is, without a doubt, the most beautiful season. Full stop. No snow-covered mountain, nor wildflower bloom, nor beach sunrise is as perfect, as wonderful, as majestic, or as awe-inspiring as fall. And what makes the fall so damn beautiful? The colors. Beginning in late September, green forests become a menagerie of colors. In Pennsylvania, every hill, every mountain, and every forest is alight with the most spectacular yellows, oranges, and reds. Autumn has been called the year's last, loveliest smile, and I couldn't agree more. Even if you're not an outdoorsy person, the beautiful colors beg you to come outside and explore. I plan my fall weekends months in advance, cramming in as many trips and hikes as I can to see such wonderful scenery. Nathaniel Hawthorne once wrote that I cannot endure to waste anything so precious as autumnal sunshine by staying in the house. I get it, Nate. But planning those trips can be tricky. You always want to plan a big hiking weekend or leaf peeping trip at what's called peak season, which is when the leaves look their best and brightest. A week early and you'll see something nice but not incredible. A week late and you'll see empty trees and dead leaves. But who makes those forecasts? who in Pennsylvania knows when and where the leaves will be changing at any given time across hundreds of miles of varied terrain. I'm excited to welcome Ryan Reed to the podcast. Ryan is a Natural Resource Program Specialist with the Pennsylvania Bureau of Forestry. Ryan, thanks for joining the program. Well, thanks for having me. Can you tell us about the process DCNR uses to develop full foliage predictions? We have foresters
1: located all
0: throughout the state in 20
1: forest districts across the entire geography of Pennsylvania. I generally put out a a piece of information to all of them in September, uh, asking them for their input on fall foliage. And uh, once some color changes start to be noticed, I ask for reports to be submitted weekly. And so I generate fall foliage reports based upon those regional reports from as many as, or I should say as few as, 20 different foresters located all throughout Pennsylvania.
0: When do trees typically begin to change in areas around the Commonwealth?
1: You'll usually start to notice some changes in the trees in September. It's generally late September, um, and it's been trending later in recent decades. But I would say certainly by September, you can start noticing some changes up in the northern tier.
0: How would you describe the changing fall colors from the beginning to peak and then past peak
1: what typically happens is you'll you'll just notice us a, a slight blush of color across the the canopies and as the season intensifies of course you'll notice the colors becoming more vibrant um, you'll also notice uh in certain areas of the state a, a double peak because we have Two major components of forest, we have a northern hardwood component, and we also have a component of oak hickory, which tends to peak later. And in some forest, it's mixed. So you'll get uh, a lot what seems to be a very drawn out peak. um, And that's because it's a a highly mixed and and diverse forest that
0: consists of both types of uh, forests. What does it mean for trees to be in peak color?
1: So at peak color what you are seeing is that that perfect uh, balance really between the loss of the chlorophyll that was the dominant green supplied the dominant green color and the remaining pigments that produced those yellows and oranges and reds and those pigments of course are called xanthophylls carotenoids anthocyanins produce a mixture of colors everything from the brightest of yellow all the way on down to uh, a russet color um, that you might see on some oaks very, very late in the season. Uh, So what I tend to um, teach about is that these uh, pigments serve various roles, and it's actually believed that some of the pigments that produce color serve as protection for the leaf uh, throughout a lot of the growing season.
0: How big of a difference is there between when the northern area of the state sees its peak fall colors to when the southern area does?
1: It's usually about a month. So if you see peak in the north, maybe say uh, around the, the end of the first week of October, down in the extreme southeast Pennsylvania, you'll notice that that will be also right around the same week. It'll just be pushed back into November so you know we we have obviously a very we live in a very large state and the climate tends to get much cooler up in the northern tier so you know you're talking about these nights that get down into the upper 30s and low 40s daytime highs that may only get into the the 50s if you get a string of days like that it'll really push fall color and living is um, some people as some people do in the the what's called the coastal plain which is like philadelphia and delaware counties that's very low elevation um, right along the river and so that's a a, a very climate controlled area and so um, you just don't notice the the cool down uh, it doesn't occur like it does up in the northern tier say in tioga and potter and uh those northern tier counties so um that's a big difference in geography and so therefore you notice those changes sooner um it's interesting because in the the laurel highlands we we have a almost like a little island of counties if you will in the laurel highlands in the southwestern part of the state that mirrors the northern tier in terms of how it changes and that's elevation related, because you notice that the, um, along the, the higher elevations, it tends to be a little more extreme, the environment. And so it pushes color change um, really almost in, in the same timing as what you'll see in the northern tier.
0: Does that make it more difficult to predict or does that make it actually easier?
1: Well, I have uh, certain guidelines that I follow and that, that I, or trends, I should say, that that I am very aware of after doing this for many years, and um, I, I know what to look for. So, uh, you know, I have a forester report that, you know, we'll see, we're noticing some changes out in the Laurel Highlands, and so I, I know that I should probably be seeing some changes up in the northern tier as well. And, you know, it's interesting. You start to notice patterns in 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 gathering data. Uh And that's, of course, what science is. It's noticing patterns and and being able to uh, analyze those patterns and to form conclusions, perhaps make some predictions. And um, it's interesting when you think about those types of patterns. I I talk about antecedent patterns, um, the the the, uh, climate conditions leading up to the season. Um, You know, we had a a really dry May and that did not portend very well for the health of our forests and for our forests, putting on a good show for fall color. Thankfully, in June, those conditions resolved and we received a lot of rainfall, very timely and beneficial rainfall throughout June and even a, a fair amount of July. And then we reverted a little bit back to the dry here in August. Um, September starting out much the same. So it's been an up and down year for rainfall. But if you look around, uh, we, we grow a lot of corn in Pennsylvania. The corn's eight feet tall, the soybeans look good. Uh, our trees are very green. I look forward to an awesome season of fall color. And um, you know, I have some questions from others. They they may ask me, "What do you think about the the fall foliage season in terms of how dry it's been recently?" And uh, some folks may not know that that's actually a better preceding condition for fall color than if we were receiving a lot of rainfall now. Um, if we receive a lot of rainfall in late summer and early autumn. It tends to um, encourage a lot of leaf fungi that can dominate the leaves, turn them brown, and make them fall off before they ever change color. And I, I don't know if you remember back in 2017 and 2018, but it was it was like we lived in a rainforest in Pennsylvania. It was just nonstop rainfall all summer long. And I've never seen more fungus on our trees. It didn't matter what kind of tree it was, it had fungus. The oaks had fungus, the maples had fungus, even the the evergreens had fungus. And uh, it led to a lot of uh, forest health issues with respect to to fungus. And we finally kind of shaken that trend. Although there's plenty of fungus out there, and always will be. It just, you can tell when the conditions are so um, encouraging for that type of life form because it tends to dominate. And then you can notice conditions like an absence of fall color in a certain area. It's interesting to note, though, that even though there were areas widely affected by that, you could probably drive just a few miles and find another area that still looked beautiful. And and so that's one of the amazing aspects of our forests in Pennsylvania is that it is so diverse That it's almost like a built in insurance policy to to see beautiful fall color color during the season. Um, We have over 120 species of deciduous trees and shrubs, and they all produce just a little bit different. Color uh, in the palette, if you will, and they all tend to. uh, Differ just a little bit from one another in terms of what they offer and. Um, the environmental conditions that really affect them. So, um, you know, we're, we're positioned extremely well in Pennsylvania to always have a beautiful fall foliage season.
0: It must be such an interesting perspective for you too, because you have this knowledge and you have this experience to be able to be like, uh, it's pretty dry this month. I think that's going to affect this coming down the road or, you know, it's raining a lot. It's going to affect this. Do you still get the same enjoyment of fall? As you did, maybe before you were doing this,
1: I would say it's it's more so now for me. I, I'm I'm more excited about fall. It's an experience when when I think about the fall foliage season. It, it's not just the color. You know, there there's so many other stimuli that that are present. You know, you think about that fall smell, that quintessential sweet uh, fall smell that that dominates the air. During October, um, you know that that's very much related to what's going on, obviously, with the the canopy in the forest, and you know there's also a, a bustling of the wildlife in the forest. Uh, there's migrations happening. There's just so much going on in the forest in the fall, and it really is a magical time. Uh, I'm I'm a Pennsylvania hunter, and I spend a lot of hours in a tree stand, and If I'm not careful, I find myself looking up into the trees more often than I do on the ground uh, for whatever it is that I might be hunting. (laughs) And I can (laughs) really space out looking at the leaves and analyzing the species that are in full color or approaching. And I I travel a lot throughout the state because I'm I'm, uh, an avid outdoor recreationist. So. I see a lot of the state and that's another thing that informs my my fall foliage reports is just firsthand observation. So, um I definitely live it, I love it and I can't imagine living in a more beautiful state. A state that has roughly 17 million acres of forest. About 5 million plus of that is public. That is an incredible public forest component that many states just cannot even come close to to matching. And and that really equates to an incredible amount of of opportunity for people to get out there and experience it. We have thousands of miles of state forest roads. We have millions of acres of state game lands, which, uh, you know, the game commission is is gracious enough to allow outside recreation of non hunters. Um, When you think about all of that opportunity, and then you think about all the forest, if you love trees and forest, this is truly a a wonderland for you, Pennsylvania. And I always think of it as no small accident that our, our state name, Pennsylvania, literally means Penn's Woods. So that's always cool as well.
0: I'm always kind of surprised when I meet somebody from California or Florida and they brag about how great their weather is because the my first thought is imagine living a life without fall without these beautiful colors and these amazing surroundings.
1: Yeah, the the uh the wonder of the four seasons in Pennsylvania is is really awesome, I think. I agree with you that when you look at the the leaf canopy in the spring, it's like a lime green, you know, it's that very new bud burst of leaf color and then you get this darkening as the season progresses and it turns to a deep forest green, if you will. And then uh, you notice that the leaves begin to change. They may start to become a little paler. Then you notice that uh, those, those underlying fall colors begin to, to, to show through. And eventually then you notice that it turns brown and it's almost like a moody kind of thing. It, um, it, it really does. It almost has its own personality, and I could certainly wax poetic about it for a long time, but it is truly magical. I love the forests of Pennsylvania, and I have since I was a small child. And I think that's important, too, when you think about um, how people are exposed to the forest. Uh, if you have childhood experiences that involve the forest, then you're probably a lot more likely to enjoy those things as an adult and um, I think the, the, uh, the take home message with all that is that if you love the forest, you're a lot more likely to defend the forest. You're a lot more likely to write a politician about saving this forest or um, you, you, you may uh, attend a, a conservation day where you're planting trees along a river or Yeah, and that's what we need nowadays. We need environmental conservation warriors, people who are moved to action. Our forests are an integral part of our environmental health moving forward. Without our forests, there truly is no future. Uh, I believe um, that, that they're very much tied to our vitality as a state and as a nation and as a world. We know what happens when we lose all of our forests and it's not pretty. So, um, you know, the trend unfortunately worldwide is, is one of deforestation and fragmentation of forests. And um, the last forest inventory analysis in Pennsylvania stated that we, we are losing a little bit of forest in the last five years, and that's that's very concerning to us as the the state's Bureau of Forestry. And so uh, when we evaluate forest threats, um, you know, losing forest obviously has to be right there to top. Um, we we employ a robust acquisition uh, process whereby lands that might come up for sale that have uh, forest potential those would be prioritized to, to uh, acquire and to add to the state forest system. And we're also proud to partner with many other organizations that um, preserve and uh, conserve forests for the future. That, In my mind, that's where it's at, is, is to not just appreciate the forest for its beauty, but eventually be moved to action and, and I think that fall foliage season is an awesome way to spread that message.
0: I've heard that Pennsylvania has a longer, more varied fall foliage season than any other state in the nation. Why is that?
1: Well, it's true, and that's because of the, the uh, diversity that I mentioned earlier. So we have, uh, or we are, the, the meeting ground, if you will, of the two major forest types, that you'll notice throughout the, the uh, Mid-Atlantic and, and the Northeast, and that's the Northern hardwoods and then the Oak Hickory Forest. So because we, we live in a state that is so hospitable to these two distinctive forest types, and there, there are others, but that I'm, I'm simplifying here when I say that, but because we live in a state that is so hospitable to these uh, forest types, that adds to our diversity. And so that extends the life, if you will, of the fall foliage season. If we were a New England state, like for for instance, Vermont or New Hampshire or Connecticut, what we would notice is a very condensed fall foliage season that only lasts a few weeks. And that's because of their dominant forest type, which is primarily northern hardwoods in a lot of those areas. You know, some, some areas are more, uh, more of a northern forest in terms of evergreen. And so, obviously, that's different. But in, in their deciduous forest, they're, they're northern hardwood forest. And so, therefore, that, that season is, is much shorter. We have that extension of the season because of our diversity of forests. So, just when the maples are stopping, next thing you know, you have the hickory starting. And just when the hickories are over, next thing you know, you've got the oaks peaking. So that's why we have such a long and varied fall foliage season. We just happen to live at the correct geography and ha- happen to have a, uh, a great diversity of altitude and soil types. And it produces a, uh, a very long and varied fall foliage season as a result.
0: Well, let's get back to basics. Why do autumn leaves change colors?
1: Well, it's really about economics for for a tree. Um, so when a tree's doing photosynthesis, it's quote making money. It's it's money is energy, right? So um, as a tree is is doing photosynthesis, it, it is creating energy. It is using that energy to to grow, um, to add tissue and energy starches into the roots. And eventually what happens is that the sunlight starts to fade. You may notice the days are getting shorter. And it starts to become a losing proposition for a tree to continue to carry out photosynthesis. And the pigment, the color, the leaf color, responsible for harvesting the energy of photosynthesis it's called chlorophyll, that is the green pigment that that uh, you notice in the the leaves of trees when it start it stops becoming beneficial to carry out photosynthesis, in other words, it's just not nearly as possible. then the tree decides, and when I say decides it's all biochemical it's like a biochemical feedback mechanism that uh, starts the process of Um less chlorophyll production, and eventually uh the leaf will change colors and then fall. Um, it really boils down to water, also. So there's not as much sunlight as the fall progresses, and then um there's typically less water as the air gets colder, it holds less water, and so it, you know, relative humidities drop and uh, a tree often begins to lose more water than it's gaining through its roots and that also is a losing proposition because you might remember that water is part of the equation in photosynthesis so not only are you not getting the available sunlight you're also not getting the as much water or you're losing more water Winter being obviously the worst time for losing water because of the fact of how dry it gets. The air is ridiculously dry in the winter. And so it wouldn't make any sense to, to, um, to keep your leaves. And, and then there's one final piece of the puzzle, and that is it's getting colder. Um, as it's getting colder, there are enzymes that, that help facilitate the photosynthetic process in, in a leaf. And those enzymes stop functioning normally as well. So if they can't work and we're not getting enough energy and we don't have enough water, well, the whole thing is starting to break down in terms of the, um, the energy generating potential of the process. So that's a very long winded way of saying that's why leaves change color. The green essentially dissipates or fades uh chlorophyll is no longer being produced and so uh the other pigments that are present you know kind of like pulling back the curtain uh those those uh, pigments are are able to be seen
0: simple as that <laughs> Yep. simple as that what are the trees that display fall colors here in pennsylvania well there's
1: almost too many to name but i'll i'll just start with some of my favorites so I think a real standout is is one of the most obvious choices, and that's sugar maple. Sugar maples are just phenomenal for fall color. You can see some sugar maples will be almost completely yellow. You'll see some that are almost completely orange, and then you'll see some in between. You'll see some that are more on the red side of orange. Um, and, and really, a lot of that also has to do with climate and soil and things like that. but. I think um, sugar maples are obviously a real standout in Pennsylvania. Um, some of my other favorites are uh, hickories. I think I mentioned hickories earlier. They're they're phenomenal. They produce these gigantic leaves typically, and, and they get a um, very bright yellow to orange. Um, they're a little offset in terms of timing. They can be fantastic. Another of my favorites is American beech. They produce a, a very bright uh, orange color. Another of my favorites is red maple. So red maple is a, a close cousin of sugar maple. And as the name suggests, they'll produce that that uh, flaming red color that is uh, so um, indicative of the season. Um, another favorite, a little lesser well-known, is sassafras. Uh, Sassafras are often very colonial and they'll produce just an absolutely incredible orange color. But it'll be this swath of orange because there may be hundreds of trees, Uh, beaches like that as well. I mentioned beach. We have a a great amount of birches as well in the state. Um, Anything from like river birch, black birch, yellow birch. Um, and they are known typically for their very bright yellow color, oftentimes early in the spring. Aspens as well. They're, they're phenomenal in the early going. And then cherry. Cherry is a northern hardwood that, that are often seen changing right around the same time as the maples and the birches. And cherries are also very well known for a really bright yellow color. Um, an interesting one is ash. Um, ash will produce um, purple. If you look very closely at the leaves, they almost transition from like a, a red to a purple color as as the, the season progresses. Uh, unfortunately, we've lost a lot of our ash due to the emerald ash borer. And so when I talked about why our season is so varied and and so wonderful, I talked about our diversity of forests, our diversity of species. And um you know, the sad part about that is when we have an outbreak of an invasive insect like that. We lose a little bit of that value uh, of that uh, that beauty that you see in the forest. And so our ashes have been relegated to an extremely inferior status in the forest now. And so those colors are not nearly as noticeable in in the forested landscapes. Um, so we have, again, I want to focus back on the positives. Um, those are some of my favorites of the typical fall foliage season. But the grand finale is when the, the oaks start to show their colors. And I think it's super interesting that the oak colors tend to be more muted. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get a whole hillside that's this extremely deep burgundy. And these are typically like the red and scarlet oaks and black oaks. And um, there's also other oaks like in the white oak family, like chestnut oak and white oak, that'll produce a, a really dark, beautiful orange color. And so you'll get this mixture of oak color, and then they'll start to fade a little bit and turn like a russet. They're, they're still red, but like reddish brown. And then finally, they'll com- be completely brown. And that's when you know, when you, when you look at the oak trees and you see that the leaves are brown, you, you know that uh, the jig is up the show is over <laughs> and it's time to move on but um it, it is a it's a, a tremendous display it uh it really is a, a a pleasure to to view that to learn about it and and read about it in Pennsylvania and points beyond you know let's be honest we have some beautiful forests that surround Pennsylvania and um we should all be very thankful for that
0: some trees have shorter fall color cycles than others? Well, yes, and, and that really boils down
1: to water. So if a tree is a little bit starved for moisture, you'll, you'll notice that those leaves will not stay on very long. Um, and then uh, weather. Weather is really important during fall foliage season. If we get one of these rogue tropical storms that makes its way up through Pennsylvania, and it's like the middle of fall foliage season, You may notice like half to three quarters of all the leaves are on the ground. And and that's because that connection between the leaf and the stalk or or the stem, I should say, um, begins to get weaker as fall foliage season progresses. So, um, you know, how long the leaves stay on the trees is, is very much dictated by environmental conditions.
0: What do you feel when you start to see the fall colors begin to display in the Commonwealth?
1: Well, I feel excitement. It's the the indication of a, a whole new season. As I mentioned, I'm an avid hunter, so I spend a lot of time in the forest during the fall. And uh, yes, when I see the the colors changing, i I know that that is an indication that we are we are in a season that I love. Um, it is a whole experience, as I mentioned. It's not just what you're seeing. It's the noises that you're hearing. It's the smells of the air. It's the way that the leaves feel under your feet. It's, it's a whole experience. And um, so, so that's, what, that's what it means to me. It, it's an indication that, uh, that I'm about to experience uh, a whole new um, part of the life in the forest.
0: DCNR offers visitors an interactive mat to find great places to view fall foliage. you have a favorite place to view the fall colors? I would have to say
1: that my favorite place to view the fall color is my family camp, which is in southern Huntingdon County. Um, so we have a state forest that abuts our family camp, and it's called Rothrock State Forest. And the specific division is called the Trough Creek Division. And there happens to be an incredibly beautiful state park there called Trough Creek State Park. So if I had to say my absolute favorite place to view fall color, of course, it's the family camp where I spend most of my time in the fall. But I have seen other places that have just taken my breath away. One year I did a, a podcast, a live podcast for fall foliage up at Lackawanna Lake in Luzerne County, and the color that year was just off the charts. And the way that they reflected off the lake was just uh, something that I'll never forget. It, it was a, a panorama of colors up and down, left and right, and just absolutely spellbinding. Uh, another place that that I have been equally wild is um, up in the Seven Mountains region. A, a lot of folks take the trip up to Penn State to see the, the football games. And uh, Route 322 in the, the Seven Mountains area, there's, there's a large reservoir up there. And it, you can get a lot of that same effect that I mentioned about Lackawanna Lake. Um, so that area is just uh, gorgeous. And then up in northern tier, if you really want to immerse yourself in a long day of fall color, if you hit it right, the Pine Creek Rail Trail, um, you know, that that area of the state, you just can't go wrong. Um, there's just so much wilderness. There's hundreds of thousands of acres of forest lands. And uh, many miles of trails with which to experience that. Um, and then the Laurel Highlands is is on my bucket list. I, I've never experienced fall color. In the Laurel Highlands and and that really bums me out. I want to get there. We have a place that. um, Is the highest point in Pennsylvania. It's called Mount Davis. And uh, there's an observation tower there. Now, right now it's closed for for renovations, so unfortunately no one can experience that at the time during this fall foliage season. But um, the the drive is still available. And obviously hiking in the state forest there. And uh, from everything I've read and all the pictures that I've seen, it's amazing. And then we have the Allegheny National Forest. Um, Some folks don't realize that we have a massive national forest managed by the U.S. Forest Service in the, the northwestern part of the state. That is also a sight to behold. We have um, some beautiful rivers that meander through there. The Clarion River comes to mind. Um, Again, just uh, uh, an absolute uh, sight to behold. Some folks really aren't very mobile, and so um, they may not um, be able to get out there and hike or bike or something like that. But there's no harm in taking a drive, you know, Route Six across the Northern Tier. If you take a drive on Route Six across the Northern Tier in early October, you're you're going to see something pretty cool, um, unless it's one of those weird years where it's a little bit later. But as I mentioned to many other reporters, that that uh, you know, it's important to stay on top of the the weekly reports that we put out so that you know what's, what's about to happen. There is a predictive nature to our fall foliage reports. If you notice there's a time frame at the top of the report and it essentially starts on the day that the report is released and it, it goes for six more days. It's a week time frame, And our foresters understand that there's a predictive quality. So what are some of the weather conditions that are uh, expected to happen? Um, if we see a, a very noticeable cool down, then of, of course, we're going to predict that we're going to see a pretty rapid color change. Um, and so when you are planning your travels, we strongly encourage you to, to look at those fall foliage reports.
0: I think that's a perfect time to talk about trip planning. If people want to see the fall foliage and they're trying to plan a trip, when should they start planning it?
1: Well, I think it's important to look at the general trends. So, right now you can still see the reports up from last year. There were six reports, six six weeks of reporting last year, and you can see how the colors changed on a week by week basis throughout Pennsylvania in the 2022 fall foliage season. That's a guideline. That's kind of like, okay, we're we're going to kind of hone in on a a period of a week or two when it it probably will be really nice. The unfortunate thing is that's the best I can do when it comes to (laughs) telling you how it's going to be this year, because it really is an immediately preceding condition that spurs fall color. Okay, If you just take away the sun angle thing, you know, which is the primary driver of of the physiological changes that are happening in a leaf, the climate driver, the weather driver, daily weather driver is extremely important. So if we have one of these weird falls, which involves summer-like temperatures, you can bet that that timeline will be skewed later. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll, we've seen, I've seen in my years doing this, that fall foliage season has been skewed to over two weeks later into the season because it's just been so warm. Oh, wow. Um, you know, uh, peak peak foliage that that you might've expected in say early to mid-October was now late October and in some places into November, even into the second week of November. Which is a little crazy when you think of fall color, and it's like, oh wow, we're like almost at Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> and and it's because I, when I was a kid, I always associated fall color with Halloween, you know, uh-huh. and so you know, I grew up in one of these southeastern counties that makes a lot of sense, and, and so w- what I'm noticing now is that that is that that is skewing later. It tends to be at least a week to two weeks later. And that is also uh, reflected in the data and observations of all the other folks who work with fall foliage throughout the Northeast. Um, places like that I mentioned earlier, uh, Massachusetts, Vermont, um, their their fall foliage season is also trending later um, in the year.
0: Is there any pressure for you to kind of get this thing right? I feel like there has to be a number of people that are like, well, I planned it according to these reports, and it just didn't happen that way. Like, Kind of like how weathermen have to go through the same thing of like, well, you didn't do exactly what was needed, but it's kind of out of your hands for the most part.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I we do the best we can. Um, we're, we're not clairvoyant. We, we don't know <laughs> exactly what will happen. Um, no one does. And uh, it, it's a big thing. The, the forest and uh, the weather and the climate and all that. It's, there, there are so many factors that play into that scenario that it would be impossible to be 100% accurate. Um, but I will say that the process is very scientific and it generally is correct. If you uh, kind of analyze the, the trends, if you will, um you know you'll you'll note that that it is generally correct um sometimes you know we'll get comments when we release our maps on social media someone will say well i don't know what they're talking about you know i live in so and so and you on this map it says that it's at peak color and it hasn't even it doesn't even look like it changed here and you have to remember that we're talking about forests OK, we're, we're not talking about your neighborhood trees, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, and, and then here's the other thing. We we also are very well aware as ecologists and scientists of things called microclimate. So, you know, ju- you may live on the south side of, of the mountain. And and someone else in your same zip code or even town may live on the north side of the mountain. And so that's very different. You're, you're not getting the amount of sunlight, the same amount of sunlight at, this, at the same time of day. And so those conditions are very different. Even the trees on the north side of the mountain are different. They're, they're probably northern hardwoods. So just because you're not seeing it in your little neighborhood where you live doesn't mean that it's not happening. You know, jump in your car and take a drive and look around. Which is what our service foresters are doing for their job every day in those regions they They get around to um all the the corners of the counties in their region and and that's what they're doing. They're out there serving the public. they're advising forest landowners on how to best manage their their woods and so they're observing the forest firsthand all throughout their region and so. The last piece of advice I have for people who may criticize the report is what I said earlier. There's a predictive quality to it. So just because it's not at the stage that the color may indicate right at this very moment, it very well could be in two or three days if we get the weather that we're expecting. So so again, like I said, there, there are some caveats to understanding the report that uh, that we would hope people would would understand.
0: Ryan, I cannot just believe that somebody would say something ignorant on social media. That just doesn't yeah. sound like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think in, in today's uh climate, if you will, you just tend to see a lot more of that. I think people get brave when it's not a face-to-face communication and they, you know, can just kind of say what they want on social media. And and I take it with a grain of salt. I, I don't get I don't get upset about it because that would be silly. Uh, he, I'm just a guy that that works for the Bureau of Forestry. Um, I, I come with a great background in, in natural resources, but I'm not perfect and I don't have this inflated ego that I have to be right all the time. That's silly. Uh, I just do the best that I can and I I try to create the reports that will be of best service to folks in Pennsylvania. And I also try to inspire with the reports, and I have to thank our foresters again, because they supply me with these incredible photos. And and I think that makes like 90% of the report. When when you see these incredible colors, and it's a a certain location, you know, and I always try to make sure that the the caption indicates the location. That photo was taken just a day or maybe the same day as the report. And so it's like a real-time testimonial of what is happening. And uh, so, so I have to thank those folks again who are out there and providing me, because I can't be everywhere in the state. It's a big state. And, um, you know, it's, it's really nice to have their assistance and their, their observations. They, they tell me what they're seeing. They tell me what they expect to see. They tell me great places to go in their regions. They, they give me a tremendous amount of great information to share with Pennsylvanians in the Fall foliage reports.
0: Well, I'll tell you as somebody who uses those reports every year to plan trips, you guys are very, very good at what you do. And uh, I appreciate everything that you and your group does because it's helped me out so much to be able to find the places that I want to visit and to explore these, these beautiful locations. So I want to let you know that uh, your best is damn good, and I appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you saying that, and that's very heartening to hear. And we do hear a lot of that. We, we get a lot of positive comments, too, that folks uh, utilized our reports and, and it helped inform their travel. It is amazing the, the number of phone calls we receive in the Bureau of Forestry from folks who want to travel to Pennsylvania to see our fall color. I've had, I've had calls from people in Louisiana I've had calls from people in Tennessee, Georgia. I mean, you name it all throughout the United States and they are planning a trip to come to see our forest in fall foliage season. And so I take that as a little bit of a badge of honor that they're that interested and uh, they've noticed our fall foliage reports and they wanna verify with me that this is, you know, something that I might expect again this year. I always say, like I said earlier, that this is kind of a rule of thumb. You start to realize if you want to see beautiful fall color in Pennsylvania, you certainly need to be here in October. It's going to be beautiful somewhere, you know. October is still the month that that uh, produces the most color in the state, and so that's that should be your general guideline. And here's another interesting thing: if you're an enthusiast about fall color. Um, you know how like some people are enthusiasts about certain bands and they'll they'll follow them around like the Deadheads with the Grateful Dead. We have people who are like uh, foliage heads, if you will. And, uh, you know, these crazy leaf peepers and, and they'll they'll book campsites in northern Pennsylvania in early October. And then they'll book a site in the middle part of October, in in the middle part of the state. And so it's like a southward migration, and they just follow the color as the season progresses. So they're immersed in this incredible fall color for like you know five weeks, and it's it's really cool to to, to see how these these people do that. Um, that's when you know you're, you're really into fall color, when you start to follow it throughout the entire uh, progression of the season.
0: We've been talking about these reports. Where can people go to find DCNR's most up-to-date fall foliage reports?
1: So our website is www.dcnr.pa.gov. You click on Conservation, then click on Forests and Trees, and then finally click on Fall Foliage Reports and you'll see a host of information on that page under additional information you will find last year's fall foliage reports and once the first report is released they will go away and that first report for 2023 is scheduled for thursday september the 28th
0: do you have any tips for people planning on visiting pennsylvania's fall colors you know it's hard, the only tip
1: I really have is it it's hard to miss. Um, you know, you're gonna see something beautiful if you come to Pennsylvania. Uh, the the tip really is is October. It is the the main wheelhouse for color. Um I, I think also a big tip is try to try to find a place where you can experience something you know recreational. So what what I have found that the, the experiences that have been most meaningful to me are um, when I can maybe take a, a mountain bike ride, um, when I can hike or when I can take a, a kayak trip down a river or something like that. Um, that's one of the most uh, rewarding ways to experience fall colors on the water. And maybe you're you're an angler and you like fishing. Uh, I love it. And so I do that. You know, a lot of times if I'm too warm to hunt or something like that in the fall. I'll be fishing. And so I'm just fishing and enjoying the fall color. I I think that's one of the most pleasurable ways to experience fall color is to do some other form of recreation and and immerse yourself in it. And so, you know, look for those places that offer that, Um, you know, larger expanses of forest. Longer trails, maybe having the presence of water, lakes, creeks, rivers, Um, and then also public access. Again, I mentioned those 5 million acres. We are blessed to have um, that amount of of publicly available land and accessible land. Um, So look for those and and, um, look for those amenities. Um, We we offer DCNR offers a statewide recreation guide that details all of those recreational amenities found on DC and our lands throughout the state. And it's very handy and helpful for folks who want to kind of double dip on the fall color and the fall recreation.
0: Well, Ryan, I want to thank you so much for being able to talk to this today. I really appreciate it.
1: It's been my pleasure. And I want to encourage everyone to get out there and experience it this fall.
0: I want to thank my guest Ryan Reed for joining the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more information about upcoming episodes. You can support the podcast by buying merch or donating on our website. This has been Hemlocks to Hellbenders. I'll see you out there. Hosting, production, and editing by Christian Alexanderson. Music by John Sauer. Graphics by Uncle Traveling Matt's Random Expedition.